So as we begin to delve into some of this wisdom and look at some of this, this wisdom that God has given, often, as was mentioned yesterday, often we get tasked with trying to explain or teach something that we lack or struggle with. And we then as teachers have to really dive into it and actually try to grasp it and live it. Now, I've told uh, many of the members here in Carmen on many occasions that throughout my life, one of the things that I've dealt with, and not in a severe way that I, you know, I need a hug after, but in a way where, you know, I, I know that I, I sometimes lack patience. And it's one of those things that when I read the fruits of the Spirit, I know that I have to work at. And so I've thought about patience. I've thought about all of the fruits of the Spirit. Are they things that we look at and say, are those natural gifts? Now, in some people's case, they are 100% a natural gift. In some cases, they're, they're a learned thing, right? We, we see the example of others around us. We see the example of our parents, even siblings, aunts, uncles, those who are this great cloud of witnesses around us. And we can be drawn toward those attributes. I'm, I'm one of the ones that is being drawn toward, sometimes kicking and screaming, toward patience. Patience is, is not a natural state for me. I was told when I was really uh, much younger when giving lessons, uh, don't criticize yourself in a lesson because often that's the only thing they'll remember. So if you go up and say, you know, I'm not a very good speaker as the beginning sentence, they'll agree with you. Even if it's wrong, they'll, they'll agree with you. Uh, so don't do that. So often I tell stories about myself and then wonder if that's the only thing they're going to remember. But when I was much younger, much, much younger, re re be remembering of this, I lacked patience. And I was in, I believe, grade nine, to date myself a little. Um, we were playing volleyball in the gym. Uh, this was before I went to Western, obviously, but I went to a... Uh, Christian school, private school, and we were playing uh, bump. If you've ever played volleyball, there's a group of people, two people, five people, and you hit the ball, another person bumps it up, another person sets it, hit, bump, in that order. You just keep going, and the goal was to keep the ball up. Uh, some of you may have heard the story. Uh, there was one person in the group of about five of us that thought it was extremely hilarious that every time the ball came to them, to knock it away and to not participate in, in what the game was actually about. And if you know me, you know that I have a fairly competitive streak in me. And that bothered me. It just, it just bothered me that this person wouldn't take seriously that we we're involved in a game. And so my, my patience went from as high as it was, and it got lower. And so then they hit the ball again, and... and it wasn't the only one that wanted them to participate. Everyone was saying, okay, come on, you got to... And the ball would come and they'd hit it away. And uh, to my shame, I turned to this tiny little girl and told... Because we were young. And I, I told her... This isn't funny. I mean, serious, not. I said, if you do that again, I'm going to break your nose. And, and she looked at me like, you're crazy. And... I'm not going to tell the rest of the story now. The ball came to her and she hit it away. And I lost it. I mean, 
thinking back on it, how stupid it was, because we're all just playing this tiny little volleyball game, and I lost it. I, I hit that ball at her face and broke her nose. And there you would not believe how much blood comes out of someone's nose when it's broken. And there's about five of us guys, and there's about three girls, and they went all to the bathroom, and we all went home. All five of us boys were gone. We took off. And I think back on that, and, and so there's a point of reference on patience. I have learned patience over the years. I have grown in patience over the years. I have two boys that can attest that I'm still growing uh, in patience. It's one of those things that we look at it, and we look at the fruits of the Spirit, and what I want to key in on very quickly here in the lesson is that we are called, not only in patience, but in all the other aid, to be walking in step with the Spirit. So as Chad was talking about this, this wonderful truth that we are given the Spirit, not only at, at baptism like it's this one-time thing, but we get to walk in step with the Spirit. Galatians tells us that a Spirit is put into our hearts. So we get, to, we get to embrace those things. And if there are things that are challenges, if we are, we are looking at them, love, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, if we're looking at all of those and wondering, well, okay, well, I don't have them. I have seven of the nine. We'll work on the other two. It's not optional. We look at those and we understand that if we were to be walking in step with the Spirit, that we are embracing these attributes and making them a part of who we are. So patience. We have the Spirit in us that cries out, Abba, Father. And we walk in step with the Spirit. So we should have patience. Patience is interesting because uh, if you uh, uh, run out of patience or you act when there is no patience, you say you've what? Lost your patience. I've lost it. Think about that phrase just for a second. I had it a minute ago. It was here somewhere. And now I've lost my patience. That which is lost can be found. You know, uh, uh, we think about patience, and I, I don't want us to think about patience solely in and of itself. Often I think we have a hard time wrapping our brain around what patience is. Because we are, are content with it being lost. It's not 100% true. We choose. We choose to not act with patience. It's not that it's been forcibly removed. It's not that it's been lost, as we say. We choose to act in another area or in another attribute. And some of them are not overly healthy, like pride or arrogance or selfishness. And patience, when we have patience towards someone else, when we have patience in our own lives, has been talked about in other lessons, I think derives from then our relationship with God and we get to see a little bit of our relationship with God when we act with a lack of patience or with patience. It wasn't that long ago I was standing in a line at Walmart and I lost my patience. I didn't actually say anything. I, just, I actually controlled myself fairly well. But there was a lady in front of me who was about to pay and began to count money, like pennies and quarters. And, 
and it was a long time. And then about halfway done, realized that she was missing something, and I was just going to go back and grab it. And the rest of us are waiting in line. And she goes back, and now it's a different total. So what does she have to do? She has to count more money. And, and so that's, that's fine. I have time. Patience. When we, when we view interactions like that, what's our first response? Almost when we're about to lose our patience, our first response is a selfish one, right? I don't have time for this. I really don't. I don't have time to sit here and wait for you to count pennies. Uh, what word did I use there more often than not? I. I don't have time. I don't have time. Well, is that really the call that God has given us to live? God has looked down at us and said, you're now my child. I love you. I want you to go out and act as selfishly as you can. If you're looking in your Bibles for that passage, it's, it's not in there. God has called us to love, right? The greatest two commands are what? As was mentioned in the very first lesson, love the Lord your God, right? Love the Lord your God. To love your neighbor as yourself. Go into 1 Corinthians and love is described as what? Well, many things, but the one that pertains to this lesson is what? Love is patient. So when we see interactions like that, when we see people that we are dealing with, that we have to then, oh, I need some patience. What it really boils down to, are we going to be patient out of love? Do we honestly, in those situations, have the love that God has called us to have when interacting not only with him, but with the world around us, in order to then curb our selfishness, which comes so much more natural, to curb that and to actually look at that person in love? Because that's the call, isn't it? Love is patient. Love is kind. We talk about the fruits of the Spirit. God is love. So then when we are walking in step with the Spirit, we will have patience. And not look at what we are doing as so much more important than that person. I don't know that person's issues. I don't know that person's problems. I don't know what that person is dealing with. Now I'm standing in that line going, how is that person counting pennies, honestly? That might be the only money that person has in the entire world. And I'm standing there thinking, come on, hurry up, pay with debit, or use your credit card, or do something to make this faster. And that might literally be their only money. Can I not love in that situation? Honestly, do I sit there, and I look at myself in those situations, and I get back to the car, and I want to smack myself. Because we need to be living in love. And our patience is born out in that love. Now turn into, into Genesis. Uh, and it's an interesting passage in Genesis chapter 29. And it's uh, kind of a, the whole chapter is not geared around patience. But I want to just read the one, one verse. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel. But they seemed only like a few days to him because of his love for her. Seven years. Seven years. Uh, so any of you that uh, are married, did your courtship last seven years? Anybody? Seven years or longer? Okay, one, two, there's a few, so the percentage is fairly low. How many of the men in that case are going to say they worked for seven years and it only felt like a day or two? 
none, none of the wise ones are going to say anything, right? <laughs> but because of love, because of love, even that seven years of labor felt like it says only like a few days. The thought process is obviously that when we look around at those who we often lose patience with, it's because of ourselves. Because the same situation can happen with someone we truly, dearly love, and we don't lose patience. We have far more patience. Well, we should be critical of that in ourselves because God has called us as the greatest commandments to love our God and to love our neighbor, to love those around us. So instead of losing patience, see the opportunity for what it is to display God's love through how we choose to act, how we choose to speak, how we choose to respond. Now, I, whenever my kids uh, follow my example of losing their patience, I always say, well, you know, just be patient. And their first response is, but what about, and there's a reason, just right off the tip of their tongue. Love is beyond reason, okay? Now you can try to justify why we lost our patience, why we don't love, why we do all those things. There is no reason to not love and to not be patient in love. We may be required to act. There may be times when we're required even to walk away from certain situations that may be harmful. All of those things are true. But there is no reason why we cannot love someone with patience. Love is patient. When we walk in step with the Spirit, we will display patience. It's not, a, it's not a question of, well, sometimes, sometimes not. I'll choose when I want to. It's always. This is who we should be when we choose to draw ourselves closer to God and walk in step with the Spirit. Okay, so not only that, but God has also called us into a level of obedience. And, and I think we should be desiring to have patience also out of obedience. Turn into uh, 1 Samuel. I'll give you a second there. 1 Samuel. There, now you can see it. 1 Samuel chapter 13. Starting in verse 8. He waited seven days, speaking of Saul. The time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men began to scatter. He said to them, Bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived, and Saul went out to greet him. What have you done? asked Samuel. Saul replied, When I saw the men were scattering, that you did not come at the set time that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, now the Philistines will come against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the Lord's favor, so I, compelled, I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. You have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, you would have, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. There was an appointed time. And the time was coming to an end. And Saul gets a little antsy, doesn't he? His men begin to, to scatter. And so what does he do? What does he choose to do? Well, he chooses to sacrifice to the Lord. That, 
that's actually a, a fairly good thing, right? To, to sacrifice to the Lord, to give, to give honor to God, to give, to give glory to God. God wants that, right? All that sounds productive, right? That's all not our heads. Yeah, those are good things. However, what? That's not what he was supposed to do. He didn't wait for the appointed time. He didn't wait for Samuel. He couldn't have patience. God has often called us to have patience. Obedience over sacrifice. Have you ever had a time in your life where you're, you're trying to figure out what God's will for you is? You're honestly trying to, to do the will of God, and you're, and you're trying to figure out, well, what is, what's the next step? What, what does God want from me? What should I be doing? How, how, how can I be pleasing to God? And all of those things are wonderful things, right? That desire to be pleasing to God is a, is a truly wonderful thing. And I would encourage you in times like that to, to spend time in prayer, to spend time in God's word, to spend time drawing near to God, talking to those who are uh, elders or deacons or the leaders of the church and, 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 and trying to figure out, you know, the path for you. But I think there's times when we, when we find ourselves questioning what the next step is, that there is a temptation to decide it for ourselves. To decide, well, you know what, I'll, I'll just go and do this. Because I, I can. And, and God has a plan for us. God has a plan for each of us. He has prepared works in advance for us to do. Are we willing to wait on the Lord's timing? Are we willing to spend time in prayer? Earnestly in prayer. Spend time delving into God's word. So that we know the will of God. We know what he wants from us. To be obedient to God and patience is to look over ourselves and honestly desire God's will. You know, we've talked in, in other lessons and we've heard often of the idea of selfishness or pride getting in way of, of self-control or getting even in the way of, of love. Uh, arrogance and pride is a, an issue that gets in the way of walking in step with the Spirit. So it gets in the way of a lot of them. In the way of all of them. And if we're not going to wait on the timing that the God has set for us, on the call that he has for us, then we will find ourselves in trouble. What happens with Saul? God's appointed king who makes this sacrifice. What happens to him? Samuel tells him, you will not be king. There is another who will be king now. Because you will not be obedient to God. We need to have patience in waiting on God. To seek first the kingdom of God. And not ourselves. We need patience over self. And a desire to truly rely on God over being selfish and disobedient. One of the things we talk about a lot, um, here in Carmen anyway, is the desire for Christ to come again. 
And, and I know that uh, we as Christians, we long for that day. We understand that there is a, a plan in place. We understand that there are things that we must do. There's under, we understand that we have to live here in this world and be pleasing to God, to give glory and honor to God. But we, we long for that day, don't we? It's okay. You can nod your heads. Yeah, we, we long for that day, right? Okay, we got about five more that nodded their head there. So we'll, we'll go one more time, okay? All in preparation, right? We as Christians long for the day when Christ returns, right? Yes, excellent. We do, and we should. It's, it's going to be amazing to be able to spend an eternity with God, to be able to praise Him and, and give glory to Him and have no separation between us and Him. Not to live in a world where there's sin or death, but to be with God. Turn into Matthew. Matthew chapter, well, I can show you. Patience out of trust. Matthew chapter 24. Starting in verse 42. Matthew 20, 24, verse 42. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready. Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Do we trust in God? Do you trust in God? Is it hard to, to wait? Is it hard sometimes, as was talked about earlier, to turn on the news and see all that's happening in this world and not long for it just to be done? Part of what it will take as Christians is patience and trusting that God knows what he's doing. Trusting that he knows the exact timing and when it will be right. To look around the world and yes, to see all the, the hurtful things that happen, all the hate that is being spewed and to know that it is an opportunity for us who are salt and light to live out of this patience and live in such a way as to bring others to know God. I mean, what a crazy situation we live in. If you really think about it, that we are, we are called by God to be like him. And that's, I mean, that, that's not the crazy part. That, that's the wonderful, amazing part, that we get to be close to God. And yet we look around the world and we see all the devastation and all the sin and all the, the fallout of hatred and all the fallout of all the things that are wrong in this world. And if we were going to sit and list all of the things that were wrong in this world, none of us are leaving. We're going to be here a long time. And yet, out of that situation, there is this light that we have that comes from God that we can take out because we are salt and we are light and really affect this world. If we trust in God, if we trust that he knows what he's doing, if we trust that the, the call that he has placed on us is accurate, and you turn into the end of Matthew, and we see this great commission that we talk about to go and to teach and to preach and to, to make disciples and make sure they're following the truth, do we trust that? 
Or are we so inclined in the world we live in now to think that the world knows what it's talking about that obviously, you know, we as Christians should keep quiet because, you know, it, separation of, of church and state and church and everything else and, and we should just, you know, keep quiet. Well, what is God telling us to do? Is that what God's telling us to do? Take the gospel, wrap it in a package, hold on to it, don't share it, don't speak of it. Is that really what God's saying? No, we understand that that's not the truth. That is Satan trying to get us away from the truth. The truth is that we live in a world that needs God's word. And who are we? Well, you are what? You are a child of the king. You are an heir to the promise of Abraham. You have been given the spirit to lead you, to guide you. And when we trust in God and patience through trust, we understand that this time, right now, is exactly what God wants us to be doing. To be sharing the gospel. To be in salt and light. Is the world so much different than when God, when Jesus spoke those words? Well, in, in many ways it's drastically different. But in the, in the realm of, of sin and truth and light and God, it's no different. The gospel is the same as it was then, it is now. And we are child, children of the king. Do you trust God? Do you have the patience to wait for his timing and to do what he's called you to do? The church will endure. I know that, I know that we do. And I hope we feel that call on us to be living as he's called us to live. To truly be walking in step with the Spirit. I want you to think on that. What it looks like to walk in step with someone. Not, not a mile behind, not a mile ahead, not a distance of whatever between you, but to walk in step with the Spirit. Patience. It can be lost, and that which is lost can be found. Patience out of love, patience out of obedience, and patience out of trust. I want to close just very quickly by reading again in Matthew, if you'd like to turn over to Matthew chapter 25. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered around him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord... When did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When would we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? The king will reply, I tell, truly I tell you, whatever you did 
for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me.